Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for your death and resurrection and the power shown in that, as well as in your earthly ministry. And then we thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit sent upon the church. And we pray that we would be ready to see that same spirit at work in our lives and in the life of our church. So we pray in your name. Amen. Good evening, everyone. Well, I want to begin uh, with a question uh, which very much follows on really from Susan's fantastic testimony uh, and interview. Thank you Susan, for that. Um, and the question is, are you ready and willing to see God move in power in your own life? Are you ready? And indeed, are you ready to, as Susan did, weep over a particular injustice and feel called into action? Are you ready, perhaps literally, physically, to feel the power of God uh, at work in your body? Are you ready for your voice or your written words to be transformed for his purposes? And um, in a sense, I make no apology for what might, might sound like relatively heavy uh, questions, in the sense that I hope over the coming weeks, what we are thinking about as we read through this uh, letter to the Corinthian church is what relevance does this power that we see described, the work of the Holy Spirit, then have uh, in our own lives, in our own spiritual lives, but particularly in how we are then called to serve uh, in the world. This whole series will be uh, about this power of God that Paul engages with so vividly. And this evening, um, in particular, I want to pick out two verses from uh, our passage. First, this sense from verse four that Paul comes not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. And what does that mean uh, for us in our church and for us in our own lives? But also to recognise that in the light of verse six, that uh, this doesn't necessarily suddenly mean no uh, wise messages or sermons, rather a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age. So uh, you might say that Paul seems to be holding together a desire to see a focus on God's power at work rather than simply his persuasive words, but also recognising the value of a message of wisdom among the mature, but not one that is simply uh, whatever the wider culture thinks happens to be sensible. Uh, and indeed, as Mark was preaching in the morning service today, as Paul puts it in verse number two, this has to be front and centre about Jesus Christ and him crucified. But one of the things so fascinating, particularly uh, in Paul's letter to the Corinthians, is the light that these letters shine on the particular role for the Holy Spirit in the life of a thriving church. And I think this particular passage this evening is a a particularly interesting corrective uh, to those of us in Oxford who perhaps relish being part of a university city with all of its uh, intellectual goings on. And uh, obviously, I, you know, I adore being the postgrads pastor. But nonetheless, Paul's testimony was not reliant on eloquence or human wisdom, much as those things might be celebrated in appropriate context. It was all about a demonstration of the spirit's power. 
now. You might even say there's an irony in preaching a sermon on this passage at all, rather than simply saying, come Holy Spirit, and now we'll have the ministry time. Um, well, in that sense, I did want to share just one little story um, from my own experience uh, in my 20s, um, which illustrates, uh, I suppose, partly the fact that I'm wanting to remind us all that these instances and demonstrations of the Spirit's power, sometimes they will be dramatic, you know, the chains fall off. Sometimes they might be rather more subtle, but the point is, do we have eyes to see them and are our hearts uh, ready to receive them? So uh, the church I attended in my 20s was in uh, central London and I was there on a Saturday afternoon. I think it was probably in good church tradition, you know, a carol service rehearsal or something like that. Um, and there was a local street sweeper who would often come into the back of the church and just eat some sandwiches uh, of an afternoon. And uh, a friend at this church had uh, got to know him uh, over several weeks. And she, this friend, was a real prayer. Um, at this point in my Christian life, I couldn't really see much point in early morning prayer meetings. Um, I mean, I still struggle with them in some ways, but um, but uh, she was someone who was absolutely passionate about prayer. But uh, she also felt it wouldn't be appropriate for her on her own in church to pray uh, with this guy. So she beckoned me over uh, and we were to pray with him. And I think he was Polish. He certainly had very limited English. And so we knew that our prayers could not be particularly eloquent. Uh, they had to be from the heart. Um, well, after about a minute, no one was more surprised by it than me uh, when he suddenly sort of stopped and said, well, why is there this extraordinary heat coming from your hand uh, across my shoulder, across my back? What, what's going on? Uh, and we said, well, we think that might be God. Um, I mean, if I'm perfectly honest, I was genuinely as surprised uh, as he was uh, in this moment, but he drew huge comfort from this moment and he absolutely believed uh, and you know had no prior expectation that this kind of thing would happen uh, and yet here was an example of God somehow reaching out um, and partly I want to say that there is a value not just in that incident itself but in the testimony that can follow from it as we learn to be people who are at least open to this possibility of God confounding our rational expectations and doing so much more than we might think would be possible. Um, and indeed, I had the experience this week of telling this uh, story uh, in an abbreviated form, probably not with much uh, wisdom or eloquence, but to insomniacs and overnight workers on Radio 2. Uh, and then I got an email from someone in America uh, who said this, Although I am an atheist, I had to admit that a shiver went up my spine when you mentioned that your friend felt warmth moving from you to him as you prayed together. Now, uh, I emailed back and said, oh, how interesting. Perhaps you'd like to, you know, enter into a discussion about this. What do you think was going on? But my point is, did this man who we prayed for, but also the person then hearing the story, were they open to this possibility that there was so much more about God than we might, uh, certainly in the wider cultural context, be prepared to think? And what if uh, God does sometimes do these things 
these things rather gently. I mean, think of uh, John Wesley, who uh, famously referred to his heart being strangely warmed one evening. And yet it was from that moment that he described uh, in such gentle terms that something completely life-changing for him uh, and then life-changing for the face of Christianity uh, in his time began. And therefore, what is it for us to ready ourselves, to open ourselves to this possibility that God might want to reach into our lives uh, and to call us possibly in a dramatically different direction uh, and to bless us with the kinds of spiritual gifts that we read of uh, later in 1 Corinthians. Uh, and for me personally in that same church in fact, the very first time that I it sort of intentionally opened my heart to the spirit and was kind of praying, okay, God, well, if you're there, you know, I don't want to be putting up any personal barriers. Uh, I simply felt one tear down my cheek and one kind of involuntary quiver in my left leg. But it was the kind of experience where I had to say, in rational terms, that didn't happen as a result of anything that I was willing. Uh, in other words, it, it had to be God, uh, as I believed then, uh, and I still believe now. But the interesting thing, of course, is that, for example, ministers in the Christian church will generally spend longer learning how to preach a persuasive sermon than they will learning how to foster or demonstrate the Spirit's power. Partly, you might say this is about having eyes to see. I mean, we could say, oh, well, Holy Communion, that looks like a bit of a sort of dusty old ritual or now a dusty old ritual with added hygiene problems. Um, but of course, I believe that it can and is a place of the demonstration of the Spirit's power. We will see uh, later in this series particular spiritual gifts, which almost by their very nature seem to be ways in which God cuts through the intellect or cuts through our best abilities to speak persuasively and says, actually, as it were, God says, here I am, just look at this demonstration of power, rather than worrying about, am I saying the right words? And indeed, as the latter part of our passage this evening puts it, these demonstrations are partly about the Father demonstrating and revealing the things God has prepared for those who love him. These things that are revealed by the Spirit, the Spirit that searches all things, even the deep things of God. That is a rather mysterious phrase with which our passage ends. But of course, the whole point of this is that we are entering into mystery. We are entering into the mystery of God. But we're saying this isn't just a sort of mystery for the time of Jesus, but it's a mystery that then impacts on us. And actually, as you speak to people like Susan, as you speak to many of the people uh, in our church, I hope uh, as you speak to me, it doesn't remain uh, a mystery, but rather it ends up people, ordinary people, telling their stories of meeting the living God and finding some kind of transformation, some kind of calling, some kind of new direction uh, as a result. And really what, what brought me uh, into ministry was to realise uh, how different, how wonderful Christian faith is uh, once this particular light uh, has been switched on. I sometimes like to 
think uh, of it's not it doesn't this may sound heretical I don't think of God as a pie chart uh, but if one were to have a pie chart uh, which represented uh, the three parts of the Trinity Father Son and Holy Spirit you might even like to ask yourself what kind of proportion would the different parts of the Trinity have my hunch is that almost everyone gives the largest slice of the pie to Jesus, because there are so many wonderful stories to know and share, uh, probably a decent slice of the pie to the Father as the creator of all things. But how many of us have perhaps a slightly more slender view of the Holy Spirit than we might? We, we believe in a God who is three in one, uh, and therefore, I think there's a reasonable suggestion that the pie chart should be equally distributed. But you might just like to think for yourself, where does the Holy Spirit fit into this uh, conception you have of God? And does this include the possibility of God reaching uh, into the particularity of your life and blessing you, perhaps absolutely surprising you? My real hope is that uh, over the next few weeks, we will be journeying together through 1 Corinthians and recognising these gifts, these encounters as ones which aren't just uh, a kind of nice bit of Christian history to learn about, but rather a living reality that we can step into. So I hope that you, like me, will be willing to dare to ask yourself some honest questions and reflect on the experiences that you've already had but also ask, what are you open to from the Holy Spirit in the future? Where is your heart uh, in relation to that question? Uh, and are you willing to come on this journey? Uh, and I hope that all of us, as a result, may be blessed. May I pray? Lord, uh, I think deep within us, we know that you don't want our wise and persuasive words. You just want our whole selves offered to you and dedicated to you. Lord, I pray that we might be a people who, as we offer ourselves to you, would then be surprised and delighted and transformed, renewed, inspired, by your touch, by your inspiration, by moments where we truly say that could only have been you, Lord. And Lord, I thank you for where you have already been at work in such ways. We thank you for Susan and her ministry. We thank you for the life of our church. And Lord, we pray that you would use each of us for your glory and that we would know great delight when we pray, come Holy Spirit. Amen.